the story of there was five frogs sitting on a log. Four decided to jump off. How many were left on the log? One frog. And five frogs were. They decided, but they didn't act. Oh. And courage takes action. Yeah. And although four frogs decided they were going to jump off of the log, four frogs... They did the same thing as the frog that didn't decide. Right. And so they didn't act. And it takes courage to act. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. All right, enough of this crap. What are we doing? Enough of this crap. Enough <laughs> this crap. We're going to talk about our first year. The first year. It's our one-year anniversary. First year in review yes. of Husband-in-Law Podcast. So one of the things I'm going to touch on before we start this is this was when we started, I feel like <laughs> I'm going to say it. This was a bold move that we made. Mm-hmm. And I've listened to like Rachel Hollis's live conference in the last couple of days and have just been thinking about the fact that, you know, we are scared of so many things and there's fear in our hearts. But when we choose to act, when we choose to continue forward, we're choosing to be courageous. And it's not that the fear is not there, that you're not scared to do something new, but that you're choosing to act in spite of that. And that's what courage is. It's not that there's not fear there. I think a lot of times we forget that. And oh, there this, was lots of fear there. I was going to say, <laughs> I think Steve was very scared at the On that beginning. note, I think, I mean, I just overheard just a very tiny little part of that conference that you were listening to. And the biggest thing that stuck out in my mind was that story about the five frogs sitting on a log. And so it was a story of, of this guy, his dad used to tell him about, you know, this, the story of there was five frogs sitting on a log. Four decided to jump off. How many were left on the log? One frog. And five frogs were. They decided, but they didn't act. Oh. And courage takes action. Yeah. And although four frogs decided they were going to jump off of the log, four frogs... They did the same thing as the frog that didn't decide. Right. And so they didn't act. And it takes courage to act. And so... Yeah. Yeah. That's that's just something that stuck out in my mind that it takes action to overcome the fear. Yeah. And it's still scary sometimes. Like there's still moments that come up. Absolutely. That, <laughs> there's still times we record that we're like immediately after the recording. Yeah, oh, so, we need to listen to that. Yeah, we're gonna re-listen to that and make sure that we're gonna put that out there. And Honestly, we have done very limit, like very limited editing to any of our episodes. There's been a little bit of a couple of them, but hardly any. Yeah, there was a lot more in the early. There was episode. a lot Not of even editing, a lot then, though. Just like a couple little phrases that you wanted out that you just right. weren't comfortable with, and I bet more than half of our episodes we didn't even re-listen. We didn't change a thing. We just submitted it and aired it. Yeah, yep. but and then still probably those moments of- a few of them. It's like, hey, cut out that one. That three second section. Yeah. And there were a couple of things that we later cut out just to protect other people that we didn't want to cause issues with or whatever. Right. We right. just wanted to make sure we weren't hurting people's feelings or whatever. Airing someone else's dirty laundry or whatever. Yeah. 
to protect relationships. So it has been an interesting journey, and I think we've all learned a lot from it. And when we first started, Steve, like, really fell apart. It's true. <laughs> and the first well, I remember that. Like, I remember visually seeing you, Steve, just shut down. Yeah, I remember yeah. how Jessica just saw my face drop talking about my teenage mm-hmm. daughter growing up. Like, your face <laughs> drop and your body dropped. Like, that first recording was like, oh, crap. Steve just caved into himself. What's wrong with Steve? And then, like, almost went gray. <laughs> like, it was extreme. And it was interesting because I've seen that side of Steve numerous times, but Matt really hadn't. Matt hadn't experienced that. And I think that's one of the things that's been interesting is there's sides of me that you guys both see, but probably sides of each other you haven't seen until we started recording this. Mm-hmm. No. I would never have thought that Steve was going to catch me in his arms ever. <laughs> TikTok video. Oh. <laughs> Steve's like. I did like, not know what you were what? referring to there. <laughs> That was the first. <laughs> if you don't know what we're referencing, you better go watch our TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good video. But you came out of that and what ultimately changed your mind about doing this and like helped you come out of that that mode of shutdown and fear. I just thought about how much something like this would have helped me 10 years ago, nine yeah. years ago, when I was going through all this and felt alone and didn't know what good outcome there could possibly be from it. So I thought if there's any possibility of this helping other people, I want to do it as hard as it might be. And you know what? One of the things they talked about in that conference is a lot of times our fear is based in selfishness of being scared of what other people are going to think of us or attitudes of, of that. And that's okay to fear, like to feel that like that's fine, but it's how you choose to act after that. And you did something ultimately for an unselfish reason. And I really thought people are going to judge the heck out of me for this. Like if I come clean and tell all this stuff, people are going to criticize. People are going to, the haters are going to come out of the woodwork. <laughs> and ironically, I feel like Matt and I have gotten more criticized than you ever have. <laughs> Would you agree? Do you, mm-hmm. have you felt criticized in this? Very little. There's been a couple times, but that's, yeah. Just, you guys know which ones. But... Just by me when I'm a bully. Yeah. Most, mostly just this morning. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's been interesting to me who comes out to criticize us. Right. It's been surprising to me. Yeah. Well, some more surprising than others, but. <laughs> so ultimately, we decided to move forward. And I want to hear your guys' thoughts on all of this as we've moved forward. Like, what do you really think from having done this? How has it made you feel? Are you glad we've done this? I was surprised, well, I was surprised how quickly, Steve, you pulled yourself out of that spiral mm-hmm. of, because it was literally like the next week, you're like, all right, I think I'm good. And I mean, just and honestly, me thinking about what Steve's answer was to how he came out of it was if he had this when, when he was going yeah. through all of his stuff, you know, how beneficial would it have been? And today was like the first time I've thought about that. Like, would have this podcast been beneficial for me of what I was going through as well during that time of really hard struggles? And I can legitimately say that yes. 
Like if I would have had something like this to listen to, to, I mean, cause there's so many different scenarios that we've talked about and it's all been how we've overcome them. Yeah. And we're still overcoming some of them. For sure. Um, so. It's been interesting to me, like who it has affected and why, because I thought this will be a good podcast for someone who is coming out, transitioning out of the church, transitioning out of a marriage, some, some, some aspect that was similar to what I went through. But I feel like most of who it has affected is not that demographic as much. There is a portion of our listeners that are, but I think the biggest demographic of our listeners is more so people that are in hetero- heterosexual relationships, many Mormons who are just, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, guys. But no, you're right who are just gaining so much understanding of what relationships are like, what it's like for someone to come out in the church. I think, I I guess that was a surprise to me. I didn't realize how many people would benefit from hearing the experience of growing up gay in the Mormon church. Yeah. And what that was like and how that could change people's perspectives. Yeah. So that was like an added bonus to me. I I didn't. And gaining perspective of how to truly reach out and love, try and love somebody to the best of their ability who perhaps could come out. As yeah. Right. So it's interesting to me in the feedback on Instagram. And if you're not following us on Instagram, go over there and find us. It's just at husband in law. People said that their favorite moments were, or like things they related most to or have benefited most from were those moments of you talking about what it was like coming out and then seeing the idea of you know, changing how we viewed our relationship and how we could adjust and pivot and move forward. And also one person, well, several people said the moment of Matt's tenderness towards Steve in realizing how hard that was for you. And that episode where I left and you were on your own and Matt choked up in tears. And that was a powerful moment for a lot of people. And I agree, like to see that Those are some of my favorite moments to watch the two of you, these two men who are a huge part of my life, connect and relate and understand each other on a deeper level. I mean, it's just brought us, we had a good relationship before and it's just brought us so much closer and it makes me so happy. Oh, absolutely. Like I felt super comfort with me sharing my side of things, especially Jessica knows most of it, not all of it, but um like Steve coming into this and not realizing like how much hurt or struggles that there were in my previous marriage and him realizing like, oh, this is why he is the way he is. Like that's been huge for me. It's like, okay, why? Steve now gets me. <laughs> like, I've always known Matt was weird. <laughs> <laughs> now I know why. <laughs> no, there really have been so many aha moments where I'm just like, oh my gosh. That's why. This is why Matt is the way he is, does what he does. Yeah. And it was this, I mean, and isn't that the case for anyone? Like, exactly. That's yes, what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Just too. learning. I don't know. This was a big lesson on my mission. I had, let me think what, what led up to this conversation. So, my mission president. And it was my trainer. I was so critical of my trainer. My first trainer is your first missionary companion who's the one who's basically training you how to be a missionary, like getting you started off on the right foot and teaching you, the, showing you the ropes and everything. And I just did not think he was doing a good job. I was that awful, arrogant, self-righteous <laughs> American missionary who shows up in Bolivia thinking he's like 
ready to conquer the world and, you know, just was so hard on my companion who was less than perfect in so many ways, but perfect in the ways that mattered, which was that he was trying so hard and had his heart in the right spot. And, and in expressing some of my concerns to my mission president in a one-on-one sit down, he, he said, Steve, you need to take a minute and understand where Elder Robledo is coming from. He said, I'm not going to tell you his story, but you need to sit down and ask him. And I guarantee you next time you and I talk, you're going to have a different view of him. So I did. He'd been a member of the church for a year. Oh one my goodness. Year. He was 26, I want to say. I feel like he was like an exception, like older, above yeah. the age of even being able to serve a mission, but somehow they'd made an exception for him because, and like he had one suit that someone had given to him like the day before he left on his mission and just so many things that were just mind-blowing that he was out there serving a mission, doing incredible things with so little experience and so little training and so little knowledge and so little time to figure it out. And anyway, very much changed. Just gaining some understanding of where he had come from absolutely changed how I viewed what he was accomplishing then. And how critical you were too. Yeah, what, what a freaking jerk I was. Not doing. Right. <laughs> you know what's awesome though is he and I were companions when I started my mission. And then he and I were companions again when he finished his mission. That's awesome. So he was my first companion and I was his last, last companion a year and a half later. So we got a chance to reconnect. And- reconnect. And of course, it was so much different the second time around. And I don't know, it was really cool. It was, and I was grateful for a chance to revisit to, it and do a better job of being his companion a year and a half later with a little bit of understanding and compassion and a whole different perspective on on that situation and l- but anyway my point was yeah. learning where someone has come from helps you understand and where I- they are where they are now yeah. and and taking the time to listen like is absolutely huge <laughs> yeah we were just discussing this the other day at lunch me and some girlfriends about the fact that you know one of the girlfriends didn't know a lot of my story and we were talking about things and and she's like oh my gosh you've been through so much and I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, I have. I've been through a lot. And it could be a lot worse and it could be a lot better, but it is what I've been through. And the fact that everybody's going through something and no matter how big or small it seems compared to somebody else's, it is still just as real to you and just as important and just as significant in your life as somebody going through something else. Like you can't, it's that comparison thing. You can't diminish how you're feeling just because somebody's going through something worse or whatever, but to recognize that everybody's going through something and to try to be understanding of where they're at because they are going through something that is real to them and is hard. And then take advantage of the times you feel good. That's what I told him too. I said, yeah, Matt and I are always happy when we can say nothing's going on, just the usual life stuff. (laughs) We take advantage of every minute of that because we've we've been through stuff and we want to enjoy when it's Life uneventful. To the <laughs> yeah, when yeah. it's uneventful and things are level. Somebody said that their favorite moment was Steve talking about what he needed from his family when his, he came out and how his family responded to him and how they pivoted and tried to learn how to have a good relationship with you. And that whole experience, they said that was super beneficial and they loved that. And I think that was a powerful moment too and really helpful for people to learn and 
from both sides. Of and things. I hope so because if if someone in your life hasn't already come out to you, they will. Somebody someone will. in your life that is incredibly close to you will at some point come out. I guarantee you. There's no way anyone is going through life without someone they know and love coming out. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. And same thing we discussed <laughs> recently too about at some point somebody in your life is going to leave the church mm-hmm. and you need to be okay with, like you need to understand how to process that as well. So if our podcast, which we know it has, has given people cause to think through how would I respond in this scenario, that's exactly what we want because at some yeah. point you will be in that scenario, people. Yeah. <laughs> yep. A lot of people said us laughing together is their favorite <laughs> thing. And that's one of my favorite things too. I always say you either laugh or you cry and sometimes you do both and that's okay, but <laughs> I prefer to laugh. <laughs> I have this, in fact, it's up here. Steve's sisters, when we got married, gave me this little thing that says giggle. And I have kept that. That's one thing I've kept. I mean, I have a couple things from when we got married, but that's one thing that I still have because- <laughs> You didn't even repaint it or repurpose it or refashion it. it. It's still in my office. So this is the first time I'm hearing who it was from. Yeah, I don't, th- I was gonna say, I don't think <laughs> I don't, Matt ever knew where it was from. I don't think I even remembered that. Your sisters gave it to now. me when we got married and it says giggle. And yeah. I- I loved that they already saw that about uh-huh. me. and That you were uh, just happy and carefree yeah. and giggly. And sometimes I laugh at hard things and tough situations. And I've gotten criticized for that. But I would rather laugh and work through things. And that's part of me processing stuff than, than cry. It is cool that we enjoy each other the way we do, the three of us. So a few of the other things that I wrote down about what I loved throughout the podcast. And one of them is something that's happened basically from the time Matt and I got married, but has happened even more in this podcast, is the two of you teasing me about things that really, most of the time, only the two of you know or like see about me. I remember when we first were dating and I dropped my cell phone and it shattered that you had just bought me. And then I did it again like two days later. Yeah. And you and Steve like having this conversation about me and cell phones and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we both we both get you on a level that no one yeah. else would. Yeah. <laughs> I see Penny does. Penny's going to have the same problems. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I think she's cracked her screen even more. Yeah. But there's things that do and don't matter in that. And I love that. I think it's funny when you guys tease me about stuff. Hafting. <laughs> Steve told me Penny started saying hafting to, and I have never thought about the fact that I say that. I know I say that, but and so now I've started correcting myself. She's, really, she's really hafting to pay more attention to what she says. <laughs> I'm hafting to. I said it like twice this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> she she corrected herself both times. Yeah, so things like that that you guys notice that. Or well, that you guys feel comfortable teasing me about that other say, people I'm glad, don't. <laughs> I'm glad you like it that it doesn't just piss you off that your husband and your no. ex-husband are ganging up on you. <laughs> no, it's done with love. Um, usually, yes. Or Usually. <laughs> I've loved through all this process, Steve, that I feel like you have come to understand that, yes, we did things that weren't correct. We did things that weren't. Right. And I think you have personally taken that on as you are the one responsible for all the issues. You're the one that did these horrible things and coming to realize your self worth more. I feel like that's something you've taken out of this is that sure, we made mistakes along the way, but you also did some things that other people would not have done in that situation that made it better, easier, 
for me to handle. And I feel like that's something you've really embraced more. This really has been therapy for me. Like I had no idea how much shame I was still holding on to and yeah. how critical I still was of myself and how little I valued my contributions to yeah. the good scenario that we have. So this has legit been a year of therapy. Yeah. It takes more than one person to have a good relationship like this after everything we went through. So for you to finally start to see some of that, that you were a part of that, really, I've enjoyed seeing that. That's been good. And it's been surprising to me that the feedback, not that it should, how I feel should be based on what people think about, think about it. But it, it helps but, sometimes. But it has <laughs> constantly been surprising to me. So the things that, the impressions that people take away from an episode, like there are aspects that I didn't consider like positive many times when they have something positive to say about me and the way I responded to a certain scenario or something. And it's like, oh, I'd never even considered the fact that like I was doing a good thing there. You know, all I could see was the things that I was doing wrong. And it's it was it's been nice to have people point out <laughs> the things that I've done right. <laughs> well, and I've told you for years a lot of these things, but mm-hmm. I think to have somebody else back that up. Right. A neutral kinda, outside. It's kind of like when you're teaching your kids something. And they, they hear li- it from you and they won't listen to you. And then they hear it from a teacher at school or a church or from somebody else. And it's like, oh. And it's like, oh, now you believe it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> my mom, my dad, my stepdad, they're not that crazy. <laughs> and one of the most profound moments for me has just been in the last little bit with Matt and I talking about our story at this point and realizing I wasn't crazy there was like this huge disconnect between the two of us. And it wasn't just things I was doing, but it was a, it was both of us. Yeah. It blows my mind that we've talked about stuff that the two of you had never talked about before. There's just more coming. And there, I was going to say, and we barely <laughs> yeah. scratched the surface. Barely scratched the surface. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like Steve said, this is therapy session. Yeah. And everybody gets to listen to it. and that's what we love (laughs) seriously though like wouldn't the world be a better place if everyone had access to everybody's therapy sessions no (laughs) that would be scary no but it would it would completely change i feel like it would make all of us be more understanding it would make all of us have a better perspective of the challenges we face in life of what to really expect life to look like yeah and I, I mean, I get it would be cool to hear everybody scrap, but at the same time, we would get, I think you would get numb to it mm. because you would hear so much of it. I think there's power in people who don't like to share, but only share with a tight knit community. And then there's power in people who are willing to share it all. There's a time and a place for everything. There's a time and a place. And you have to recognize your own comfort levels right, in that. Right, and there's got to be balance. <laughs> yeah. I think in general, there's a huge imbalance of... Yes. People oversharing what they think makes their, make them look glamorous and yes. undersharing what they really are going through. Because even though we've shared a lot of stuff, it's been done, I feel like, in a manner that it wasn't too much. But it's definitely a lot. Did you have If you thought written? it was, don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's your prerogative. Those that are still listening to this episode must not think it's too much because they haven't ditched our uh... podcast yet. <laughs> Did you have some things written down you wanted to share, Matt? So as I was reflecting this morning about the first year of husband-in-law, the main thing that was popping up in my mind was there were a lot of firsts. Yeah. And I have some written down 
so there was the first time hearing Steve's perspective of his and Jessica's marriage. Like I had heard a lot of Jessica's perspective and then just Steve being open to telling us all about his perspective and what he was going through. First time doing a TikTok. <laughs> and with that first time being caught by Steve in his arms. <laughs> and then there's a first time going to Pride for me. Oh, yeah. 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 That was interesting. And it was the first time for me as a parent of my children, we had our children at Pride. And it was it was an interesting experience for me to watch and see the reactions of each one of our children in that scenario. Yeah, it definitely gives you insight to their personalities. Yeah, and I learned a lot Yeah, of my children through that experience. So. And maybe some things we need to expose some of the, to them more, like to some of them or like have more conversations about and things like that to just make sure we are raising them with an open mind. And yeah, it was interesting. And actually one of the questions somebody sent over was, is Boise Pride still happening in September? Does Steve know? That's the plan as far as I know. Yeah. I'm not really involved this year. I, I'm not doing that yeah. fundraising thing again like I did last year. Cause the last I saw it was still up and going. Like they're still promoting it. As far it, as I know. So we're hoping. Let me send a text and find out. <laughs> Let's see if I get an answer by the end of this episode. Another question I've been asked lately is if I'm putting sunscreen on my bald head. Are you? Yes. Last night you said you may have forgotten. I may have forgotten, but I've been trying to put sunscreen on my bald head every morning. And then if I go outside to play in the pool, I try to remember to put it on. Thank you for being concerned about my bald head. Yeah. <laughs> I've also been asked a lot of times why I've shaved my head. Like yeah, why have you some... done that? <laughs> that was a first. Yeah, this is a first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've always just wanted to know what it would feel like, like literally what it would feel like on my own head physically, but also emotionally how I would react to not having my hair. Because my hair, like people identify me by my hair a lot of the time. People remember me because of my hair. I'm the short girl with spiky blonde hair. You know, like it's been a thing. Spiky blue Even hair. when Steve Short and I... Short girl with spiky purple hair. Yeah. Short girl with spiky red hair. Short girl with spiky... I'm not sure what color that is, but it's her hair. <laughs> yeah. And so I wondered what that would do to my sense of identity if I took that away. And not that, I mean, now it's, I'm short girl with a bald head, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I wondered how I would feel about it. And, and? I love it. Like, what do you, why, literally love it. Why do you love it? Because now people compliment her lashes more. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's that's the whole reason. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's like this feeling. I've always been confident. I've always been sure of myself and appreciated who I am physically and emotionally and, you know, just who I am. And I think it's like up to another level of this recognition that I am who I am, no matter what I look like, no matter how I show up. And I really don't care what other people think. I'm sure there are a lot of people that think this looks hideous and that I'm crazy for doing it. Nobody's actually said that to me, what people, which I'm fine with. I think, well, to my recollection, there's one person that says, oh, that's one way to get attention. Oh, yeah. Somebody did. Hmm. Somebody did say that I was going to extreme measures to get attention. And I was like, first of all, is somebody... 
somebody that doesn't know me. And I basically responded, oh, yeah, that's that's who I am. <laughs> you must know me really well. <laughs> and that, that's, that's not why I do it. I do things because I want to do them. It's not an attention thing. And I know I'm more extreme than maybe the average person, especially the average woman in the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, but I don't know. I've loved it. It's also very minimalist, which there's a part of me that loves a minimalist. I'm not super minimalist. (laughs) If you say that too many times, it gets hard to say. (laughs) But I do like keeping things simple. I don't have to do my hair. I don't have to worry about it getting messed up. I don't have to like shampoo it. I do shampoo it, but... Yeah, that's an interesting concept, though, of eliminating some aspect that has always been a part of your identity or like something that very much defines you. We tend to do that. We tend to cling to something that we think defines us. And in the absence of that, are we still ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. I think of women who have kept their hair from like the 80s or like women who just keep the same mm-hmm. hairdo for years and years and years until they're like from the age 30 to 80 or 60 and they're afraid to get rid of that because it defined them at their peak you know at the mm-hmm. when they felt their best and when they looked their best or what they think was their best and now they can't let go of that even though it's probably holding them back <laughs> it's keeping them from looking their best i'm sure you haven't read this book but this is all very a new world eckhart tolle i don't know if i'm saying his last name right but this guy, this philosopher guy who talks about all this stuff, of like things that we think make us who we are, but that's really not our identity, so yeah. to speak. Mm-hmm. It's a good job for channeling him. <laughs> yes. Um, somebody asked Steve how our first anniversary was after our divorce. Is yeah, that our first. Asking? So post-divorce, our first wedding anniversary, what was that like? And then our first... Divorcery. Divorcery. <laughs> Basically, what was that experience like? What were the emotions we went through when our wedding anniversary rolled around after our divorce? And then when our one year anniversary of our divorce came yeah. around, which for us was the same week. Yeah. Married on the apart. 21st, divorced on the 28th. Yep. And I mean, we went out to breakfast that morning for our anniversary. We did. We still. You gave me. The subscription to LDS singles, because <laughs> you were worried about me not dating LDS guys. Good one, Steve. And I remember it being just a fun morning, like a family outing. We, and this was before Matt and I got married. We had kind of made the decision that, I don't know what led up to it, but leading up to the, our, the first wedding anniversary, we were like, hey, we still want to celebrate each other having yeah. come into our lives. like. We still love each other. We still care about each other. We're still in a good place. We've made it through some seriously difficult things. And we still like each other. That's to be celebrated. (laughs) And we're still co-parenting and we're starting things off. This new relationship of ours on the right foot. We wanted to still celebrate Mm -hmm. the day that we came into each other's lives. Yep. I mean, that's not like the day we met or whatever, but you know what I mean. No, but it was was a significant day. Yeah, it's just one one obvious day a year to focus on. Steve's had a big day. Steve's having a big day. Yeah. <laughs> and we and still... We did that for several years. We yeah. did and cards we and we would do still, a brunch like, date. acknowledge and... it usually. I feel like we send each other a text or at least mm-hmm. one of us will bring up, hey, happy anniversary. Thanks for still <laughs> being a part of my life and, you know, yeah, recognizing that we've come a long ways. It was... 
they're always bittersweet for me, less so. I mean, they were definitely emotional and somewhat painful for the first several years for me. I think more so for me than for you, Jessica. Yeah, I think so too. Because <laughs> wasn't it the next year on your anniversary that <laughs> yeah. you took her out to breakfast yeah, and, and that... I was married to her? <laughs> yeah. And that was a weird... <laughs> that was a little weird. I know. That's when we stopped, like, Steve realized, oh, like, this really... you out on a date. Okay, this really isn't three. appropriate anymore. <laughs> yeah, so I messaged you, Jessica, and said, hey... It's our anniversary. Let's go to let's go to brunch, like we or breakfast or whatever. Yeah. And did we? I think we did. We did. Okay. And I was kind of like, uh, I don't know. And then, <laughs> like went. later that day or whatever, you were like, Yeah, Matt found it a little strange that I was on a date with my ex-husband this morning to celebrate my marriage to my ex-husband. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's really weird. That we did that and that I did that. And then I think I messaged you, didn't I? <laughs> I don't remember. Or maybe I just messaged you, Jessica, but I was like, all right, I'd like. And I think that's one of those moments that you try it and then you're like, yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah. Well, like, it was this one of those moments okay. for me that, like, all right, I am clearly being a little bit oblivious to the fact that Jessica's remarried. You're remarried. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how would I have need, felt if and, this had happened in our marriage? Yeah, and there need to be some boundaries and yes. I need to honor those and not like totally take for granted that. We have a good relationship. And that I'm just welcome in any way, any form, <laughs> any time, any place. Like, that was definitely kind of a, a starting point for me of, all right, we need to, like, I need to navigate this a little bit differently and maybe a little bit more conservatively and consider how Matt would think and feel about these things. <laughs> so the next year. And not only me, but, I mean. All yeah. of us. It was just, yeah. And next year. You gave for us our wedding a gift anniversary, card. I gave the two of you a gift card to go to to breakfast yep. together. Yep. <laughs> Which is now that I'm saying it, that's even more weird. <laughs> We're gonna go to breakfast to celebrate Jessica and Steve's wedding. <laughs> yeah, that's strange. <laughs> Whatever. It was a, it was a step in the right direction. It was a it was. Anyways, my, my intent. To Steve show. got it figured out. <laughs> And now it doesn't do anything. <laughs> Steve, er, now I just send a text. Matt supposedly claims that he doesn't remember when his wedding anniversary is. You always Mine? tell me. I don't know. Yeah. I actually thought about that a couple days ago. You and Jessica's wedding anniversary? No. No, I know oh. that one. We kind of know that one. So you don't know when you and Anne's was? Yeah. I think I remembered it. Do you? I think it was March 23rd. Yeah. I think it was the week of my birthday as well. That's why you hate my birthday. Just no. kidding. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I think it was in March too, because I know you've like referenced that it was sometime there, but I was never. I believe it was March 23rd. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> Did you have any strong feelings on your one year divorcery or anniversary post divorce? No, I didn't celebrate anything. <laughs> I didn't call up anybody and say, hey. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's go to brunch. <laughs> Interesting. Different, different experience. Yeah, yep, very totally. Very different experiences. And that's okay. Yep. Um, okay, so the question that we got that really I thought was interesting is somebody asked if I was happy. Are and, you? And that was Matt's response of like, well, are you happy? Yeah. <laughs> and were you serious when you asked me this? Yeah. Are you do you genuinely question whether or no. not I'm happy? 
No, I know that you're happy. Okay. Because to me, that seems, I don't know. I feel like someone who actually listened to these, all these episodes has got to know that you're happy. And I wondered if there's a difference between, because this was sent through Instagram, if like how I present myself on Instagram, because I share these hard things that we've been through, but maybe I don't present it enough that I am happy. I'm a happy person. In fact, I was reading through my journals this morning from when Matt and I first got married. <laughs> I have this oh, one great. journal entry that said, I mean, there's all this crap and that's where I put all my crap is in my journal. And then I'm like, I feel like if you read this journal, you would not understand that I am genuinely happy, that I'm a happy person, that I choose to see the positive. This is where I'm just writing out the things I'm struggling with but I'm happy. I have a good life. I'm blessed. I appreciate all these things I've been given. This is just where I'm struggling right now. And I don't have anywhere else to put this. So I'm putting it here. It's always been one of the things that I have most admired about you and tried to like learn from is your ability to choose to be happy despite what's going on in your life. Yeah. And it is a choice. I mean, and yes, there are moments that i I am down and I'm sad and I cry and whatever. I have all of those real moments, but I try to make a conscious choice to come out of them and find the gratitude that I feel and see in my life more quickly than I think a lot of people. And that's a hard thing to do. It is hard. A lot of us really struggle to not just fall victim to whatever whatever mm-hmm. feeling our circumstances have put us in, but yeah. to like actually take control and choose to respond to something differently or to yeah. let go of something or stop stressing about something or forgive or things that are hard to choose to do and make yourself do, you've, you're exceptionally good at being able to do that. It's always been impressive to me. And I've recognized that that's one of the gifts I've been given. And that's partially why I've been able to create good lasting relationships with so many people. And that's one of the things like in my Be Bold course that I am trying to share that, listen, you can be, if you are choosing to stay in this situation that doesn't serve you, then you can find a way to be happy in that. That isn't what you thought it was. But if you can't, if you're not willing to look at that situation and find a way to be happy in it, then you need to leave. Like you need to be done. That's the sign of, hey, this isn't okay. But I think there's a lot of situations that you can be in that are not what you expected because that's life. And find a way to show up and be happy in those situations. I think that's a that's a hard question to answer, just because that question can be a question that can one be so in the moment, yeah, and catch you off guard. Like, am I happy? Am I happy right now, yeah. or am I happy in general? Right, and that's hard to answer sometimes. It is, and I feel like I separate those two into, and I've talked about this for years in my life as how I view happy and content. Like, I feel like there's a difference between contentment that is like, yes, I'm content with my life and like very content with my life. I feel at peace with it. I'm accepting where I'm at, what I've chosen to do. And then there are like moments and more often than not moments of extreme joy and happiness that are felt within that. But even when I'm sad or like upset, I still feel contentment with my life. I still am like happy with my life. Sure, it's hard. And I think it's worth taking the time to recognize the difference between those two things. When you feel amazing, is this just 
a moment or is this like is this something i can sustain yeah i'm i'm thinking of like you know a graph of highs and lows versus you know the line that is just the average between those yeah that's your contentment the highs and lows are your happiness or yeah and i honestly feel that, that line should be closer to your highs than yeah. it is to your lows like that line it shouldn't be a median like it shouldn't be in the middle of those it should be happy it should be closer to where you're happy so let me ask you this question then, Steve and Jessica, has this podcast and recording this podcast created more contentment in your life? For me, it has. Or more so made me realize, it's forced me to kind of ask myself those questions. Am I happy with where I am in life? Am I happy with where all of this has led me? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Are you happy, Steve? I'm happy. It's awesome. What about you, Matt? I'm happy. <laughs> I'm pretty content. I think it's been interesting because the only individual trying to pull down what we're doing with this podcast is my ex. Yeah. And it's helped me recognize that, you know what? Like we're helping so much in this world and so many people mm-hmm. to become and try and become, figure out, Better how versions to, of themselves. Yeah, so. how to be more content. Yeah. How to be happier. How to be, how to, you know, confront a situation and still find the joy and the happiness through it. And I just hope someday she can recognize that. Yeah. Yep, for sure. All right. That's it. Happy we're one year anniversary. One. I'm bummed we didn't get to do the live thing you were talking about. Yeah. Well, oh, well, we still can. I'm still well, thinking just, that might happen. Yeah, we just, we just gotta on. wait till quarantine stuff is done and it's safe. And yeah, no, it just, it just would have been cool to do for our one year, but obviously that wasn't an option. So. I'm really hoping that this fall we can do like a. It would not necessarily be at a year, but have a live event, live recording. Yeah, when it's I want I would love to do it outside, but if it's not at a time we can do it outside, then we'll wait until later. But. We should out. do that a Q&A for that. Like, Yeah. I think it'll be fun. So yeah, thanks for being with us for this year. Absolutely. Yeah, and thanks for those who are still listening. Traveling on this journey. We're glad those of you have found us during this year and are catching up. Yeah, and I will just say this. Buckle up because we're just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Things just get weirder and crazier as we go on. <laughs> Yeah, and and most likely in this time that we're sharing now, Steve will now become more of a moderator. Yep. Because, and I mean, depending on the episode, right? Which yeah. is Which is a big task to take on. So. Because it's like pulling teeth to get Matt to open up sometimes. <laughs> He's getting better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. All right, you guys, thanks for listening. Here at Husband-in-Law and The Bold Logic, we believe that there are six values that can really make your relationship amazing and take it to the next level. Those values are love, appreciation, acceptance, kindness, respect, and understanding. Today, I wanted to give you guys a challenge for appreciation. We want you guys to go and let somebody know that they are appreciated today. That can be as simple as sending a text, writing a letter, making a phone call, 
Maybe you pick up something special for them at the grocery store, just something small to let them know that you're thinking about them and you appreciate what they're doing. We've encouraged you to do this before and we're going to extend this challenge again. Go do it today. A little appreciation goes a long way.